Please sit comfortably. Well, welcome back everyone to our first day of sitting. And the brave people who braved the heat. Uh -huh. um, last, towards the end of last year, um, you may have heard me speak about two different topics and one was on the theme of self-compassion and the other touched on what is referred to as a Japanese psychology or therapy called Nikan therapy and uh, I have talked about them a little bit before um, but I read um, both books from beginning to end and understand them a little bit more and um, I feel like they kind of go together as, as a pair. Um, but to begin with self-compassion, um, it's a teaching which comes from Buddhism and uh, there are teachers in particular like Pema Chodron who emphasise the importance of self-compassion as a practice, um, which is basically just giving the same kindness to yourself that you would naturally give to other people and you include yourself in that, that realm of kindness because we're, we're equal to everything else. And it's not, um, it's not self-pity, um, it's not self-indulgence, it's not trying to get rid of pain or suffering, it's just give, giving compassion to yourself at the fact when you are in some kind of pain. And um, it has been a way of um, challenging this whole idea of self-esteem, of high self-esteem and low self-esteem. And um, it's come through in education and parenting, everything that people wanted to lift children's self-esteem and make it higher and so on. So there's a good intention behind it. But as a lot of people um, like Kristen Neff are talking about these days, it just creates a lot of difficulties for people because it's often based on comparison, you know, and um, and it's in the whole realm of better and worse. Am I better? Am I worse? And so on. Whereas compassion or self-compassion has got nothing to do with whether you're better or worse. Um, it's to do um, with just bringing a sense of kindness to who you are as you are. Not whether you perform something well or not. It's quite, quite different. Um, in previous talks uh, I've been um, critical about its approach and I still have some criticisms of it because it, it, um, it's taking just one part of the teaching and leaving the other behind which is about cultivating compassion for others. But nevertheless um, it is important and um, I think that one of the things she emphasises in the book is that um, so many people in our culture and in other cultures um, as a way of trying to improve themselves, whether it's improve their character or prefer, uh, improve their career or their sporting ability or whatever it might be, so many people um, think that criticising themselves, like in the vernacular giving themselves a good kick in the ass, will be the thing that will motivate them to get better. And as she points out, it's fear-based. And when you, when you 
criticise yourself that way and it's fear-based, you pump cortisol into your body. And all the research demonstrates that even, even that's a habit and a, and a well-recognised way of training and so on, it doesn't actually work. And that when people actually motivate themselves by being kind towards themselves, they actually perform better than having this fear-based system. So instead of pumping cortisol into your body, you pump oxytocin into your body. Right? And it doesn't mean that you, you don't push yourself outside of your comfort zone or anything like that. Um, I, was, I had um, a couple um, who I saw in therapy who revisited me last week. And they're both um, musicians and do a lot of performing. And I was talking to them about self-compassion because the guy in particular had an abusive childhood. And, he, and I was talking to him, I could see he was not quite, you know, taking it in. And he said, yeah, that's all very fine, but in, in my work, the show must go on. The show must go on, you know. It's like, you've got to get yourself up there. People have paid money and you've got to do it. I said, yeah, it's, you're right. The show's got to go on. Having self-compassion doesn't mean the show doesn't have to go on. Or you've got to give up and parent or whatever, you know, when you're feeling depressed or whatever. The show's got to go on. Um, um, but that doesn't preclude the fact that you can give yourself self-compassion for the fact that the show has to go on. It's not a cop-out. Mm -hmm. um, in, in some ways, it's a kind of um, an upaya. An upaya in Zen is referred to as a skillful means to bring, to awaken people up. And what it made me think of is that, do you know in the... Um, the um, the wheel of life and death with those the different realms. One of them is a God realm. And in the God in every realm there's a bodhisattva who skillfully tries to wake people up in that realm. So the God realm is kind of this entitled privileged realm of kind of like rich people who just sit around with nothing to do and get bored very easily and listen to lovely music and so on. So the bodhisattva in that realm is playing a flute. Because people in that realm, you know, love fine things like music and so on. So the bodhisattva plays the flute to get their attention and then he stops playing. So that they then have to bring their focus into the ordinariness of everyday life and appreciate, appreciate and have gratitude just for the ordinariness of everyday life. And in a similar kind of way, I think that this teaching of self-compassion um, it does appeal to a narcissistic culture, you know, because it's about the self, you know, and it's about something good that I can do for me, right? So it's kind of skillful in that sense, you know, it's like, um, and, and, uh, and it's a much more um, wholesome way of looking after the self than this trying to build up the ego kind of experience again, which always deflates and you've got to build it up. So it is more sensible. So I read that book and I got a better understanding <coughs> of where she was coming from. Um, but nevertheless, compared to the other book on Nikon therapy, which I read, um, I must say the second book really touched my heart even more. And um, I think it's um, it, there's a sense of um, compatibility with Zen practice and in particular, it seems to me to have a really strong compatibility with Ordinary Mind Zen School practice and Joko's teachings. I'm sure Joko would have really 
appreciated this method, and she's quoted in the book too. But um, Naikan in um, Japanese means to self-reflect. Gaikan means to reflect on others in the sense of how people might be making my life difficult. Whereas Naikan is about reflecting on ourself and the trouble and difficulty we might actually give to others. It comes out of Pure Land Buddhism. So in a, a Naikan retreat, um, you, don't, you do some um, meditation like we do, but it's mainly a self-reflective process and you're quiet and it's ordinary and you're brought meals and so on. And there's three questions um, which are asked. And the questions are, you pick a particular person, usually start with your mother, and the first six years of your life with your mother. And first of all, you reflect on the question, what, I've, what have I received from my mother? You know, so you would reflect on maybe all the time she changed your nappies and she fed you and she got up in the middle of the night when she was tired and breastfed you and looked after you and was concerned about you. And you sort of just, re you, you start to remember all that stuff. And then you reflect on what have I given to this person. And then the question they want you to focus on mostly is what troubles and difficulties have I given to this person. And the whole approach to it is to really reverse the whole process of self-centeredness in a way. Because our, usually, as they say in the book, um, we're experts. We're absolute experts. We've got PhDs in sort of understanding how other people hurt us and give us difficulties and so on. And that, from a self-centred point of view, that can be our mindset, you know. So this is a way of trying to re reverse that process into getting a more realistic view of how we kind of give and receive and interconnect with other people. Um, and it's not just being... Um, so the whole point of it is not... Um, self-recrimination, although the remorse might come out of it, but it's the whole point of it is actually to um, cultivate a sense of um, gratitude um, for what we've received from others around us. Um, and, and gratitude is such um, a fundamental um, part of um, Dharma practice and about um, being happy about and content about your life. Um, so the two kind of go together. To me, self-compassion is kind of like Dharma 101, and Nikon practice is like Dharma 301. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but they go together, because some people could, without self-compassion, could do the kind of Nikon practice and just beat themselves up. Um, but if we only just stay in the realm of self-compassion, then maybe we don't really break out of the little bubble of me, you know, it need, it's fine but it needs to go further. And I even find um, doing therapy with some people um, who are aware of self-compassion and they do some form of spiritual practice, that in some ways it's getting, it's getting turned around into justifying self-centered action. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, a woman I saw who wanted to separate and break up her family and the children and so on, and um, and said, "Well, I need to give compassion to myself because I'm not happy in it. That's fine." Um, but what I was thinking to myself, even though I didn't say it, but what's missing is maybe compassion for everyone, 
like compassion for the children, compassion for a husband, and compassion for herself. We have a really integrated practice, then compassion doesn't have a boundary. But anyway, they were the two books I read and I found them very, very useful. And the principles of the Nikon therapy is something I'd like to um, explore and integrate into our practice more in, in some way. But anyway, any comments you'd like to make? Yeah, I think it can be, mm. yeah. And I think particularly if you imagine yourself spending a week mm. um, doing nothing, but that it would be a very, mm. very yeah. strong experience. Yeah, because I found myself wanting them to move on to different people in my life, people mm -hmm. that I may dismiss or think that they're just that. Maybe, mm. you know, look at it in, in a more kind of open way yeah. and think maybe it's not all that, you know. Yeah. Mm. Some positives that can come out. Similar reflections over the last week, um, rising out of some work with some people I've been doing. Mm. Um, the question that's come up to me is um, there's a bias, it seems, that we can either be biased towards um, our attention being focused on ourselves or our attention can be focused on others. Mm -hmm. And <coughs> Happy medium, of course, is to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for um, someone like me, some of my early um, conditioning and decisions was about getting by by focusing my attention on others. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, doing the opposite is a good exercise. Mm -hmm. I can already do one very well. Uh -huh. mm. Okay. And it's about really getting that balance, being able to do both. And Flexible enough. Yeah, to move between them, mm. yeah. And not be stuck in one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I think there's also gender thing there too. I think women tend to um, be much more conditioned to be caring for other people. And so it can become just an automatic thing where they perhaps neglect to, to look, look after themselves at times. Mm -hmm. I think much more so than with men, generally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would, I would respectfully disagree. 
Um, I, I, think that, I think that men have their ways of giving too that sometimes aren't appreciated and men have their ways of giving that aren't appreciated. And that, um, that speaking to a lot of men in therapy as well as women, my, 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 my caseload's probably about 50-50. And um, what I, I hear people of both sexes feeling like their partners lack gratitude towards what they, they do. I kind of think it doesn't necessarily, that's my view anyway, I don't think it necessarily has a, a gender bias to it. I think it's um, a human characteristic. I, perhaps in a close intimate relationship, but I think, yeah, I, I have a, a different experience of relationships that I've had in therapy. I think that there's something that women are much more in the nurturing role, so True. it's kind of more expansive, mm -hmm. perhaps that. Yes, yeah, yeah. It usually is a more nurturing role. Yeah. More of the um, couple that I was talking about, those roles were reversed, which was what made it stand out. So it might be the um, exception that tends to prove the rule. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's a lot to reflect on there, do you know? And it's something; those questions are something you can you can ask yourself um, just in in a few minutes too. And you just stop and you're having a cup of coffee, or you know, you're having a break or whatever, and you're just coming to the moment and you reflect, um, like going down for a coffee down the road where we go, and you get a coffee and you think, well. You can think, well, it's just that person's job and I gave them the money. But they, they, they put a lot of effort into making a really nice cup of coffee for you. you know? And it's all the workers who made, you know, grew the beans and harvested the beans and packaged it and people who made the chairs and everything. You can get into the frame of it and you, you see life from a different perspective. Okay. Caught in the self-centred dream, only suffering, holding to self-centred thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centred dream, only suffering, holding to self-centred thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, Life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centred dream, only suffering, holding to self-centred thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Welcome to Tim, who's new. Um, the next 